on what is up my name is kevin Wu, i'm an online fitness coach and helps men in their 20s lose weight and get as the first time through mindset nutrition and training that's enough about me let's get right into today's episode hey what's going on welcome to live to inspire podcast it's tuesday that means i hopped on zoom call my clients were discussing about a couple topics they requested thoughts and effects fat burners cortisol managers and green supplements how to manage food intake easily how to manage injuries like your wrist pain or ankle pain if you guys ever felt let's say wrist pain on your bench press i know what to do for you how to embrace properly using a belt of course what speed should you be doing when using the stairmaster best one is recovery because if you don't recover muscle you're not really growing it also recovery time slash healing soreness best ways to up fats and carb macros without breaking the bank on the calories as definitely don't want to break the bank on your calories over there now Breaking weight loss plateaus, breaking weight loss plateaus, and how to tell if you're losing muscle instead of fat, and what to do about it. So let's go dive right into the first one. My thoughts affect the fat burners. Most of them are pretty much like useless themselves. There's a couple of them that are pretty good. So I'd say Yohimbine is a very, very popular one itself. It's not really talked about, but it is very effective. But it's only really affecting fat state. So when you don't eat anything, should be fasted cardio in the morning where you're training fasted, this one will help out. Now, this one is for some people kind of really bothers their kind of body itself, where they get like more anxiety, or they kind of feel like an upset stomach. This one, I do have the caution, always start at the lower end of the dosing wise. I personally use one for my bodybuilding preps, and it definitely notice a difference. It's very effective in that sense, and it's one of the more studied one in terms of actual effectiveness in that regards. Now, ephedrine, Plus, caffeine is also very effective. That combo, um, a lot of people know about the ECA stacks. That's veteran, caffeine, also aspirin. Now, this one, once again, if you do have like pre-existing anxiety or someone who is more anxious, this may not be the best combo for you. In terms of effectiveness and fat-burning side of things, it can work in the fasted state, it can work in non-fasted state. I personally use one too as well uh, on and off because this one is a pure stimulant. So our bodies will get used to the stimulant effect. Uh, in our body, so we have to kind of cycle on and off for it to be effective. And this for kind of guards. Now for ephedrine, uh, ephedrine, I pretty much used the uh, 24 milligrams in the morning, and then three hours later, another 24 milligrams, and then three hours later, I used 16 milligrams. So kind of dose them out in that kind of regards. And it's effective and synergistic with caffeine and also aspirin. Now, let me have the caffeine with together. So I'd use like with my pre workouts. Or you can use like a caffeine pill, like 175 milligrams, 200 milligrams. Uh, very effective together in that sense. They both have unique properties when you kind of pair them together. The aspirin just helps it make it last longer in your body and kind of ongoing with those effects. Now, you definitely will notice your heart rate kind of go up. Even your resting heart rate, you're probably fidgeting more. And that side of things, because this is a stimulant. And that's what's going to help you burn more of those calories. And that regards, but I do caution you if you want to use that. Uh, always try to lower end too as well, especially anxiety. You might want to not touch this one because it will trigger those and emphasize those effects of those anxiety kind of wise. So um, if you might have some anxiety attacks, but you kind of really use those and you're overdo it, especially. Also, cortisol managers, the one I definitely recommend itself, or if you use any of them, is ashwagandha. I personally use this one for post-workouts just because after workouts itself, I'm trying to be in a rest digest kind of state. So after my workout, I just want my body to kind of recover, right? So my workouts basically are trained damage those muscles. But after those workouts, 
I want pretty much the rest of the day for my body to be relaxed, right? So when your body's relaxed in a, what we call parasympathetic state, this is what ashwagandha helps. It's a herb itself to reduce kind of stress. It's going to help you rest and digest. And we're able to digest the food better. We're able to actually utilize for our muscles better too as well and absorb it better because beyond what we eat, we already digest, right? And if you're in a sympathetic state, basically highly aroused throughout the day, especially there's a lot of stimulants in cells, and you try to eat food, your body's not going to actually digest that food very properly, right? It's going to be very poorly digested, just like if you just swallowed food themselves, because the process of chewing actually helps your body digest the food, especially in smart particles. Um, it's like a bolus, that's what we kind of call it, and actually can help out. So theanine is another one too as well. It can help use that post-workouts. I touched that in the past itself, and these are bolus supplements you can get. It's pretty much like Costco, Amazon, or anything like that. Same as the Federal caffeine in your head, mind, and cells. A lot of those ones, you've got go more like Amazon. Um, a veteran, if you get to any local supplement store, though, they market differently as needle decongestion. Your hem mind, you usually can't find them in any supplement stores, cells are kind of more rare. You just have to go online or Amazon to find that one. It's very easy. Uh, for theanine, ashwagandha, those are more herbs themselves, and they both kind of help more calm the body down, right? So I personally take these ones themselves, not theanine anymore, but just ashwagandha for the cortisol management. And honestly, it definitely does kind of help out. Especially if you're somebody who is in a constantly stressed kind of state, you'll definitely kind of feel the effects of the ashwagandha and kind of make sure that you are in a more parasympathetic state and more kind of less stressed, right? Especially if, let's say, work stressing out to as well, you can use this one to help with that. And it would just kind of help your body because when your body is in a stress state, it's also going to have a hard time building muscle and burn that fat uh, just because it's going to have your what was called, cortisol elevated and when cortisol is elevated cells your body's not going to really want to burn that fat and it's more likely that you tend to burn muscle as fat uh, because your body's trying to use anything for fuel and that's why a lot of people get a hard time losing the fat themselves too as well in a high stress kind of environment hopefully constantly kind of stress uh they're going to carry more kind of belly fat in that kind of regards all right so hormones and all that stuff is a whole other topic and it's fairly interesting in that kind of regards now, greens, they also ask about greens person. So if you don't like eating vegetables, don't get much of a diet. This can definitely kind of help in that regards. Other than that, you don't need it at all. All right. So how to manage food intake easily. So this one right here, I would say most people live a routine kind of life, right? Because we as humans kind of strive routine. And that's why also, you know, usually have like Back to five jobs or like a work schedule that's pretty much usually always the kind of same let's say you work at the same times get around the same times ish right just a lot of things are routine and the things we do eat to as well are usually a little more routine so so magic food intake around this is pretty much trying to eat the same meals at relatively the same times to as well just because it's going to make it a lot easier in kind of your lifestyle because when you do kind of start to complicate things up and i've kind of been down this rabbit hole once i guess I start working for myself. I'm like, wow, I have a little more free time. I could whatever the fuck I want to. And I found this actually harder for me to kind of stay on the diet, not because in the fact that, um, you know, I could make whatever I want to, but it was so much different variation that I had to find ways to kind of fit it into like my fitness pal and fit into macros versus when I was working like five jobs at once. It'd always be the exact same meals from the exact same times too as well every single day and it made it very easy to stick to my diet 
and not think about it, right? Because we have to think about an extra thing. In that kind of regard, to maybe it'll taste a little bit better in that kind of respect. But if you want to really manage it, it take easier. So, and have all that kind of done for you. Pretty much, I make meal plans and you kind of stick with that one. Eat them at the same time. In that kind of regard, it's going to make it a lot easier. Because, yeah, sometimes we do get, get maybe bored of the source themselves and you can switch them out. Like, let's say you bored a chicken breast, switch it out for like actually ground beef. Or let's say for the carbs, so it's kind of get bored of rice. You switch it out for quinoa, potatoes, chicken potatoes, oatmeal, brown rice, right? Something a little bit different in that kind of regards, but you ever change your meals every single day in that kind of garden, try to fit them into your diet in that sense, it can make a lot harder actually to make it fit into your food intake in that kind of regards and stick to that diet because you have to adjust so many variables and you have to make sure it fits in, you have to make sure that it all kind of aligns and just those extra steps and those extra things when we are creatures of habit and routine can make it a little bit harder, even though it seems like, oh, wow, have all this freedom, but it actually can be counterintuitive. Take it for myself, right? Now, let's just say for your meals themselves, if you miss a meal because you're really busy, and I've been there too as well, if you could cram like the two meals together if you really need to. Let you, let's just say it was like 9 a.m., you had your first meal, you're supposed to, have, I don't know, eat your second one like 1 p.m., you normally do, and you missed that one because you're just working all day and you had to maybe run next errand and go grocery shopping and have something. You could cram that out with like the other meal at like 4 p.m. that you normally have, right? So, even again, that kind of regards, or let's say at 3 p.m., uh, then 4 p.m., like in the airport, even though normally you have it at like 4 p.m., by all means, go do that themselves, right? Not, it matters more about the total daily counter tick and also the total macros for the day. All right. So, the next one is how to manage injuries like wrist pain or ankle pain. So, I would definitely avoid exercise, let's say you have injuries on the wrist, right? You can sort them out, the exercise that bother you, I'll do that for you from our clients, right? So wrist pain, let's just say, because I experienced this in the past, because I didn't really have a bench and our form was really off. You can switch to like a machine chest press, like a cable chest press, a machine flies, or something else. I'll just switch it up for you in that kind of guards. And there's always exercise that cause less stress on the area, like the wrist, because I first experienced wrist pain in the past from really poor form. And that kind of guards like you know benching with my wrist caught in the back and then i had to switch some exercise further on to kind of make up for it but there's always exercise like substitutions for any area specifically like you know, like this example is the wrist could this person mention the wrist that can help you out still work that muscle that you tend to target like your chest but even though or even like the shoulders or like a tricep or something like that you can always do different exercises that will really trigger that one right all right so how to brace correctly using a belt now, this is something that took me actually a long time to learn. And it's actually, there's actually a term for it. It's called the balsa maneuver. Now, if you search them on Google, um, the definition, I pretty much copied word for word itself because I didn't really know how to exactly explain it. But I could definitely demonstrate with somebody in person itself. And uh, this is kind of more of like an audio kind of podcast for most people listening itself. And it's kind of hard to have that visual. So basically, it's closing one mouth and pinching one's nose while expelling air as if blowing up a balloon right so i was trying to find out the words zealous um try to manipulate some of the words kind of give you a better understanding so let's just say if you were to pinch your nose zealous you wouldn't pinch your nose or do bench press but you can imagine this and you play the practice before you could actually like close that airway of your nose without actually physically pinching it so you took like your thumb also your index finger and you pinch your nose shut itself and then you close your mouth See how that shuts, and you want to think about basically like breathing in 
to your nose and like through your diaphragm. So imagine if you're trying to blow up like your stomach as if it balloon itself and you should notice that really expanding. Now, one part of it is trying to expand that balloon and most people just expand it from the front. So they almost look like a pregnant belly, but you want to think about expanding that balloon into the side and into the back. So let's say you do that thing where pretty much you, you close your nose shut, you have your mouth shut to this wall, and then you try to expand your stomach, but almost like we're pushing into the lower back and the sides to as well. So where your obliques or side of stomach would be and in the front. So you're trying to expand that balloon like a 360. That makes a huge difference, right? Even when you're doing a squat or something like that, usually that is when you use a bracing movement like a deadlift or like a barbell bench press themselves. You're using a belt or some really heavy weights um, or like a Smith machine shoulder press, something like that. You're probably going to want to use that bracing movement, right? So when you guys are doing this themselves, and let's just say, or even like a leg press. So let's give the leg press example. If you're doing this bracing movement, when you do that brace, right, and breathe through pretty much like the stomach, the front, back, and side, you should feel your lower back press into the chair more, right? Because you're breathing as if trying to blow a balloon 360, right? If you're not feeling it for the lower back, kind of like really pressing the chair more, then you're not doing it 100% correctly or most efficiently way possible, right? Now, when you guys are doing this, it's going to take a little practice. You just can Google like the velocity maneuver itself on the Google, get a better picture. It basically spelled the V-A-L-S-A-L-V-A. And then maneuver is M-A-N-E-U, I mean, M-A-N-E-U-V-E-R. So, Search on Google, get a better visual to as well. But right now, for what pretty much most guys listening, most people watching this or listening itself on the audio, it's kind of hard to kind of get that full kind of picture. So, with that being said, this technique is very useful, especially when you practice and practice practice. I personally took a long time to actually kind of use this. The point of the belt is basically to provide uh, the bracing itself to provide that ex extra. The intra-abdominal pressure. So intra-abdominal pressure is basically the balls maneuver, but basically using a belt itself, kind of keeping all that pressure from that force and helping you use that to lift. So the balls maneuver while using that belt itself, that could probably help you lift maybe I would say 10% kind of more weight if you guys really master that technique. That's not for every single exercise, like a bicep curl, some wall raise. These are only a specific exercise, like maybe the barbell squat or front squats themselves and like leg press. Now I can use a belt for leg press, uh, possibly the bench press. I personally use it for PRs themselves when I'm using a bro bench press or like a machine shoulder press or even like a machine squat press themselves. I have a line down one in my private gym. That definitely kind of helps. It makes the same bar path or the dumbbell path of a double bench press. So I'll just use the dumbbell bench press, double incline bench press. All right. So. What speed should we be doing when doing Stairmaster? I call this the talk test. So you should basically be able to, like, you should go fast enough, but not too fast, where you should still be able to hold a conversation. So we can't hold a conversation kind of going like this and try to talk to your buddy. That's probably a little too fast. So bump down the speed over there. For me personally, this is about level 10, right? So I could still kind of hold the conversation over there. Right, but I'm not panting my, my ass off and I just kind of hold that conversation, right? So this is why I don't exactly have the speed kind of for everybody. It's a little bit different in this kind of regard. 
in this kind of sense. So I do some talk tests to kind of mimic that one. People who are generally heavier might have to go down to like a level four. Me personally, I'm doing level 10. This kind of like where I kind of stat, right? So kind of varies in that range over there. And as you get your cardiovascular endurance gets better too as well, if you lose more weight, your personal number of speed wise might go up, right? So this is why I never kind of sign like a, like a limit or like a speed specifically when you're in the Stairmaster themselves are really kind of off from most. Well, like, I'm like, I set the treadmill on the cardio wise. I kind of vary the incline and speed over there. All right. So best forms of recovery, best forms of recovery definitely is going to be sleep, nutrition, stress management, and training management, right? So sleep, I'm going to say is, I'm just in no particular order, actually. Sleep is very important because if you're not sleeping itself, your hormones will be all messed up in that kind of regards. And, and this is when you produce hormones, your body truly recovers, right? Because you're not actually using the muscle. Like when you're sleeping, you're not using your leg muscles because when you're walking, you're still using your leg muscles over there. Well, let's say you're lifting up uh, your cup when the top floor is still using some of those muscles. So when you're sleeping, you're pretty much not using any of those muscles. You're actually like truly recover in that sense of not being used, right? So also the hormones wise, uh, very, very important. This is when basically like the HGH, you know, growth hormone, estrogen gets produced and a lot of other hormones themselves where they kind of get resets and kind of get produced over there. Just a lot of different kind of functions happen over there. On that side of things, this is when you get truly recover. This is why like seven to nine hours with that general number. And this is like trying not to wake up itself, right? So more as you wake up during the night, the better. Nutrition-wise, obviously too important. If you guys are under-eating, you probably will have a hard time sleeping. And this is me definitely during bodybuilding prep, but that was um, a given, right? Because my body's not meant to be that lean. If you guys wake up a lot of time, a hard time sleeping in that kind of regards itself, and you're very, or say your body's in a lower calorie state, um, a very low calorie state, your body's probably not meant to be at that kind of range itself. So you might need to do some things to kind of work on that itself, or it might be some other factors if you're really stressed. And that time period itself over training that can also affect all your sleep. So we kind of look at all the variables themselves, kind of make those decisions. But for me, while I'm really conscious, kind of prepped with the amount of lower calories I had, especially for the four, that was definitely number factor. Once I started checking out my calories, we also like a bandaid all out. Like they so much freaking better. You like NPLs, we can about this like 12 to 15 times a night at least. And now probably we could like maybe three to four, right? So it's a huge difference themselves in entire regards to just bump up the calories and how much kind of that really affects my state. All right, so stress management, it's also very important to as well because if you want to stress, like I mentioned kind of before, then it's gonna more likely to burn the muscle fuel, but also when you have constantly high kind of stress in cells, your body is gonna be more inflamed, right? So inflammation is something that's making it very hard for your body to kind of burn off that fat because your body's inflamed itself and it's going to just not get positioned to every time that fat and there's an inflammatory kind of measurements in this kind of regards but cortisol is the main kind of hormone when we're relating to actual stress the stress in your body itself and cortisol not good friends right not good for muscle building not good for fat burning and cortisol is pretty much one of the biggest worst enemies right and stress can be either like physical or psychological, right? When you say physical themselves, maybe you gotta like, I don't know, like hurt yourself, right? When you injure yourself in that kind of regards, that's more physical. 
Now, a psychological stress might be like a breakup or like, let's just say you uh, lost your job. Or let's just say um, you, I don't know, you, you're constantly just worried about the exams or something like that, or your, um, like your son or something like that is like stressing you out and just like really bothering up time. That's how you perceive the stress is another thing too as well, because two people might have, like, let's just say for me, I would say yes. Uh, the stressful time was the contest press back back peak weeks for me personally very kind of stressful in that kind of regards just trying to uh, like like when you did one belly crap it's kind of like all your really on the mind um this is kind of relate to my personal one so i'll give you an example because when you're always thinking about that one day because yeah i personally made body proud for like eight weeks for my show itself and you're always kind of thinking about like that one day even though the three shows it's like okay fly first it's off i'm like that's all we're thinking about for the whole time I was doing that one. And then for like, especially like last week, that's like blowing your mind to, to as well. It's because you're getting one day closer, one day closer, but you want to feel so far. It's like, okay, what do I do uh, next? What do I do next? Okay, how's my body adjusting here? How's my, um, do I have to adjust anything over here? And time also becomes very slow in those times. And it's like, okay, how can I peak up? Like, okay, maybe do I do this? Am I a little bit flat? Am I in a good state? Do I need to do some more adjustments? So it's all these small things. But also time feels a lot slower too as well just because you're thinking about this one moment and it's all kind of like distressing trying to really like mitigate that reminds that's less and it is stressful kind of kind of managing all that but just like more of a psychological effect where it's just like it's always on my mind and it's just like this one thing so it's that was a psychological moment but for some people themselves they don't have that right and for some people let's say they're winning your exams in this kind of regards or like they have those let's say two people do an exam uh, one person might be preaching out the whole time, the other one's like, eh, it's whatever, and just never really think about it and don't have that stress. So, two people, people kind of that exact same scenario, or let's say two people get into a car accident, one person's like, eh, it's whatever, and the other person just like all over it. It's like, oh my God, my life's ruined. Oh my God, like my car insurance is going to go through. But they manage it different, right? So, I you manage stress and perceive it very different too, as well. So, this is all very cool stuff and how it affects your body. And how it kind of affects your recovery to as well. So I find that very intriguing. So you log book. All right. So enough about stress management. Let's talk about training management. So I personally have a list for you guys. But if I guys notice, let's say you guys are losing a lot of strength, right? Or not really progressing in these factors. But let's say your sleep is on point, nutrition is on point, you're really nailing that protein intake, your stress levels were like pretty much non existence or minimal. And then let's say I look at your training and your volume, or let's say your numbers are very stagnant for like the past couple of weeks or the months, nothing's really improving. And I also take a look at your workout logs and how you train to as well, are you training hard enough, right? I might adjust this, right? So maybe it's a little too less volume itself on that kind of regards because you're overdoing it, especially with like the amount uh, you have with like sleep or nutrition, or let's say you're just training really, really hard. You might have to actually lower the volume to for you to progress because your body's not recovering over there. So it's a lot of different factors in that current guards or maybe I need to up the volume, right? All to kind of depend over there or kind of switch things around. So it's very cool how everything kind of affect everything. And then as a coach, I could go in and analyze those things and make those adjustments. All right. So recovery time slash healing slash soreness and cells. So usually in muscles take about 48 to 72 hours recover. This all depends like how hard you actually worked out. The amount of volume did like the sets slash exercise slash reps or how frequently you actually do workouts but also nutrition stress and sleep like i kind of just mentioned 
and the last kind of topic of sales, the best friend's recovery, everything kind of takes uh, parts in everything else, right? So generally it's about the 40 to 8 to 72 hour zone, but some people do like five full body days of training and they only do like one exercise, like two sets. So let's just say we do five full body days a week and it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And you did, let's just say one chest exercise and two sets, right? Well, your body's not going to take 72 hours to recover from just one exercise, two sets. It's going to be probably good for the next day, right? So for most of you guys themselves or the people, except for my clients, I program it. So pretty much you do have like a 72 hour kind of gap between that PIs or let's say uh, some of my clients have like four back-to-back days themselves. I have to manage and actually um, lower down the volume usually itself uh, to a lot less sets. Let's say it's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, like your workouts. I'm not going to go put down like three exercises, like four sets on for the chest on the Monday and then have another same exercise for sex size on the Wednesday too as well. So that's way too much, right? So I kind of control those things and make sure you cover your next session, but also question too as well. Monster stress, sleep plays huge factors. All right, so we're gonna go through the last two over here. It's going to be best ways to up fats and macros without breaking the bank on the calories. So if you guys let's say have, have a hard time keeping within that, you're probably eating a lot more foods like hamburgers, pizza, ice cream, that are both high in carbs and fats because one gram of fat has nine calories and one gram of carb has four calories. So you want to choose like single whole foods, like almond butter, which is pretty much just fats, or rice, which is just carbs, or sweet potatoes, which is just carbs, olive oil, just just fats, sunflower seeds, mostly just fats, like eggs, I know it has more fats than protein cells. You guys want to choose more single foods, right? So you guys manipulate that side of things versus throwing a pizza or a hamburger where they're both high in both of them, which is why you're probably been breaking down the calorie bank, right? So choosing up to Whole Foods themselves have a singular kind of focus and manipulating all those ones can help you manage that a lot better. All right, so breaking weight loss plateaus is going to be mostly going to be need levels. That's number one. So let's say step level or step kind of goal on the day is like 7,000, right? And you guys keep getting like to say 6,000, 5,000. That's going to be a problem over there, especially as you do crypto out more your body where you're tend to tend to move less. And that's usually in the form of fidgeting, but also says for day. An actual number that I could see and calculating you guys see was metric is gonna be your steps for day, which is why I usually have like a step goal, especially you guys kind of go further along with my clients themselves. Got the program is I create that step goal to make sure you guys are adhering to that one. And we have that consistency on that one level and the calories are gonna be saying to as well look at the cardio. We're having more consistent doctors and that's gonna to lead to more consistent kind of weight trending down or don't have that cells or not hitting that step goal per day or the calories all over the place and cardio you know, so you're not doing that side of things or neglect that with some days you get some other days that's when you hit those weight plateaus why you gain some weight because you're not staying consistent with those kind of variables over there and they're all over the place now another one that's pretty neat too as well is reducing inflammation so you guys have a lot of artificial sweeteners right now like let's say on energy drinks a lot of stevia a lot of diet cokes themselves or even like spices with like multiple stuff like that or added sugars they're not just like so your spices i take right now are belly powder black pepper cinnamon and salt with some of the other ones like clubhouse spices in that kind of regards or war gum like if you guys look at sugar free sauces um this is more deep into it can cause a nation to your guts themselves and when your your guts more inflamed it's gonna have a hard time kind of losing that weight and gonna hold on to more water so those small things you can do with cells when we kind of really hit those bigger weight loss plateaus 
on that card guards, everything's more consistent or you really want to take the next level, like a different volume prep. I cut down pretty much all that stuff. And like, I always look at the greedy list, has any of that stuff, I might just take it out, right? And that kind of helped me pull out the last bit of the weight. So I was just looking for sharp. Now, how to tell if you're losing muscle instead of fat. It's pretty simple over there. Photos, weight tracking. So for photos themselves, right? I, I could pretty much tell if you're really losing a lot more muscle and fats, but also your weight tracking. This is a big one. If you guys are getting a lot weaker, especially the weeks kind of go themselves, then you're probably losing a lot more muscle too as well, where you guys should be getting stronger, especially I start a new program. Nutrition, sleep, stress management, sleep is going to be the biggest factors. Also, I could use some training adjustments on cells if those are not the par, but also let's say you met, you were maximizing your nutrition just by having sleep, then I could also adjust your training volume too as well. Probably lower that one to make sure they're recovering properly. Because me personally, in cells, I do better with lower volume, but higher intensity in my training. I know a lot of people or some of my friends, they do a lot better with higher volume in cells and the vice versa. So all this stuff is really cool and I find it very intriguing. But that is the end of the topics. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Live to Inspire podcast, the number one podcast for men in the 20s trying to lose weight and get abs for the first time. My mission is to inspire others to be the best version of themselves to fitness. So if you guys are tuning into this episode and want to lose weight and get your abs showing for the very first time, then DM me the words abs on Instagram at Kevin Wu underscore. That is K-E-B-I-N-W-U-W underscore. And we'll have a chat whether or not I can help you out lose that weight to get your abs showing for the first time. That is the ending of today's episode of the Live to Inspire podcast. If you learned something today, then make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on an episode. Also, if you leave a written review on this podcast, that'd be greatly appreciated because that pushes this podcast to more people just like you.